0: This is Split Prism's Parallel Pictures Podcast. Every week we watch two movies, a double feature.
1: Some are old, some are new, some are blockbusters while others are obscure archival relics.
0: Our pairings are designed to put two films in conversation with one another.
1: A conversation that will contain spoilers.
0: I'm Jess Littman.
1: And I'm Drew McCarter. Join us as we find meaning in the crossover. This week we're talking about the films All About Evil and Porno. All About Evil is a 2010 American film directed by Joshua Grinnell and shot by Tom Richmond. After inheriting her father's single-screen cinema, Deborah leaves her job at the library to save the family business. When she starts making and screening horror shorts, she gains a following of admiring fans who do not yet realize how real her films truly are.
0: Porno is a 2019 American film directed by Keola Reisla and shot by J.P. Wakayama. After closing for the night, the five young employees of a small Christian cinema stay to watch a movie together. They decide to screen a mysterious film they find in the basement archive, accidentally freeing a sex demon in the process. All right, well, today we're talking about the movies all about evil and porno.
1: Right off the bat, All About Evil is making a pun with one of the super famous movies, All About Eve. Yep. Uh, I think it was maybe nominated. It's like tied with Lord of the Rings and La La Line for the most Oscars. Don't quote me on that, but I think <laughs> so. And
0: All About Eve is about a woman who has star quality and uh, kind of rises, right? But that's yeah. not what we're talking about. We're talking about All About Evil, also about a woman who has star quality. Yeah. <laughs> or at least that's a recurring theme in the movie is her her star quality in question, I suppose. Yeah. And porno. Porno. Porno,
1: which is also kind of just harkens back to a I guess it's not harkening back
0: to anything. No, I think it is yeah. because I mean there were like there's an era of cinema history where there were like porno playhouses, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where true. what the th- the theaters did was play explicit films. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't watch them at home. There was no way. There yeah. was no internet. There was no even VCR for a little while there. You know.
1: Right. It's it's interesting to think just all about evil is playing on the title all about Eve, which is a movie about movie stars. <laughs> um, and porno is playing on not another movie title, but on a kind of a subsect of cinema. And some would argue it's not cinema. Some would argue it is. So that's just funny that right right from the title, you kind of... Right from the get-go, there's a jumping-off point into kind of a meta nature.
0: Definitely. And both of these movies are set at movie theaters. Historic, small cinemas. Yeah.
1: And I think it's the Victoria Theater yep. in San Francisco. In All About Evil. In All About Evil, which they shot at, shot at on location.
0: Which is a one-screen cinema. Yeah. So sweet. So great.
1: And then the... And it's, I'd say it's predominantly set there, but Mm -hmm. there are a few, you do, you're not completely confined there. Yeah. And porno, also I guess not completely set there, but I'd say like 95% set in a theater, not the Mm -hmm. Victoria I think I saw it was shot in New York.
0: Yep, Greenport, New York. Yeah. But it's, so All About Evil is shot in San Francisco for San Francisco. It's like at the Victoria, as the Victoria, right? Yeah. Porno was shot in Greenport, New York, and it feels much more like the story is supposed to be like anywhere, small Christian town, USA. And I did see,
1: which I don't, did they say this? Uh, I did see it set in 92.
0: I saw that too. Was yeah. that in the... No, I don't think they ever, like... Say
1: that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess there weren't any smartphones or anything. So, I mean, I guess maybe that's a sign. But I was also... I don't know. There...
0: That's interesting. I mean, I guess there weren't phones at all, right? They weren't, like, texting or calling right. each other. Right, right. Um, I, I oh, that bad. would have made it easier.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right, because they're trapped in, in this theater, which... Hopefully you watch it, but um, to touch on how we kind of came to the movies, and then we're jumping all over the place. It's
0: fun, right? Yeah. So porno, You didn't come here to hear us uh, give a presentation, right? <laughs> that's true.
1: That's true. So porno, I actually found towards the beginning of COVID, and I watched it by myself. I mm-hmm. think Jet, it was like the first week, and Jess got to visit her parents during COVID. So. And
0: you had like read about it in a magazine. Yeah, or something. I read about it in
1: some in a publication I follow, uh, maybe Film Comment or something. I, I don't can't remember, and I was like. I mean, the name just piqued my interest. It was like, oh, porno, and they're saying it's a reasonable movie and it's kind of about movies. Uh, It looked like it was produced by Fangoria and Shudder, which is cool, you know, both huge names and, like, kind of the indie horror.
0: Yeah, really contributing to the current, like, horror renaissance that's Mm -hmm. happening.
1: Yeah, and then we saw All About Evil, so it it came out in 2010. Mm -hmm. Uh, We hadn't heard about it until maybe a month ago when we saw that... The American Cinematheque's Los Feliz theater was playing a re-release of it, um, and they were having uh, the director and a lot of the cast. Yep there for a Q&A, uh, the director is Peaches Christ.
0: Well, the director is actually Joshua Grannell. Oh, oh, I see, okay. Who is better known as Peaches Christ, Christ, the uh, Maryland and now San Francisco <laughs> drag queen, which I think is an important distinction only because Peaches is like in the movie as Peaches. Right, yes. Whereas like Joshua was directing. Yes, that's right. a good point. But.
1: Um, and they said before the show that Shudder's actually picking it up, so I think it'll be...
0: <gasps> yeah, that's right
1: streamable there. That's
0: part of why they were doing the screening, right? Is because the Blu-ray is coming out. It's a new 4K restoration. Mm. If you haven't watched it yet, watch it or like buy the Blu-ray. They they said that the Blu-ray is coming with like cool booklets. So when this movie first came out in 2010, they did a roadshow with it, which is so cool and such like a love letter to cinema in itself to take a film on a roadshow. While they were doing that initial release roadshow, someone was keeping diary entries and now it's been turned into a booklet. So it's it's coming out on Blu-ray, um, it's getting picked up by Shutter, and it is 12 years since this movie came out, but it's also kind of a 10-year celebration. I wanted
1: it to be a 10-year celebration, but that would have been 2020, COVID happened, and they they uh peaches christ who who did a little talk before the movie and after the movie was like everybody was like oh we'll just do something on zoom
0: yeah That's just go virtual here.
1: and peaches uh she was like no because this movie is about going to the, the cinema and going to the movies and
0: being there in experience. person
1: and she was like so we're just gonna wait this out until if there ever is a day when we can all gather in the cinema again and there was and it was a packed house uh, kind of a smaller theater, but yeah. uh, we'd never been to this theater. Um,
0: and we saw it in a three-screener.
1: A three-screen theater, so uh, still a small theater. Yeah, quite small. But kind of, I don't know, almost like gave to the, like, I think it would have been a much different experience if we'd seen it in like A AMC. A, a multiplex. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, because this was about small theaters, and this was a small art theater, yeah, a small art movie. Also, I think it's uh, worth mentioning, not that we're getting any funding from but uh Severn Films is who mm-hmm. uh, and I found them a few months ago on Instagram. I can't remember how, but they are they're the ones that restored the movie and I think they're very into restoring um especially horror culty movies.
0: Okay. Anyways, we're so excited about that. I mean it was such a great event. It was yeah, such a good movie. Yeah, we were kind of on the fence
1: about going, and it starred Natasha Lyonne, mm-hmm. Russian Doll. The second season had just come out, and we were kind of on a Natasha Lyonne kick.
0: Yeah. And so it was like, I mean, oh, we should see this,
1: and the trailer looked really fun, um, and the oh, poster looked fun. Yeah,
0: and it was fun. It was super fun. It and was so was, fun.
1: And speaking of fun movies, so was Porno. <laughs> porno was also super fun.
0: Yeah. Okay, so yeah, back to the movies. Porno. We had already we've already mentioned that um, All About Evil set in a one-screen historic theater. Porno was set in a what seemed like a two-screen, but turned out to be a three-screen. Yes, it did theater. Yeah, right, yeah. and it didn't. I mean, the marquee was old. Like, I think it's. I think it would still be considered a, a historic theater.
1: Yeah, they just right? we never know like what the theater is. Yeah, it's not like the Victoria.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah. It's playing some. Modern movies. I mean, so in the movie, it's playing a league of their own and Encino Man. Man. Yeah. And I don't know anything about Encino Man, but I'm guessing that like the, the concept was just that it's like the local theater. Like sometimes they play new stuff and sometimes they play old stuff.
1: But it's all because it's a Christian theater. It's all G and PG.
0: Yeah, right. Right. And so when these five teens or whatever, four teens and one adult who's living with his mom, (laughs) find this third theater and this uh, film archive room, and they uncover this like kind of curse it's revealed that it pro like the theater had a previous life as a porno playhouse right and it's interesting i think in the regard that in porno the first iteration of its historic theater life had already ended it had already failed it had already changed hands to another person who wanted to make it work wanted to try but like a totally different approach Whereas with All About Evil, part of the catalyst for the the horror is that when Deborah's, Deborah's uh, father dies, uh-huh. she inherits the theater and it's failing. And so, uh, I mean, in the first screening, there are like, what, five people in there? Yeah. yeah right? It's
1: very, like, yeah. And,
0: and Bed Bath & Beyond, the BB & Beyond. Trying to, <laughs> trying to buy it. Yeah. yeah. And so she's, like, fighting for it not to become something else uh-huh. right and so in that regard I feel like both films are um making a case for for cinema and all the different iterations that it can take and and the reason to keep going <laughs> and also like
1: e- even more so than that uh like art house cinemas you know definitely it's like uh we we're both AMC stubs, A-listers, or oh yeah, <laughs> uh, which like I mean movies are expensive. Um, we've got four AMC's very close to us, so we use that all the time.
0: It made sense for us, yeah. yeah. It makes
1: sense, but I think we would like. I mean, we love AMC and this program, but I think we would prefer to be giving our money to oh yeah the Los Feliz or yeah. the Landmark theaters, mm-hmm. which some are going out of business, and this is in L.A. where, like. I feel
0: like everyone like here a ton of art house loves movies yeah
1: and it's like they're still going out of business all about evil was made because i think josh mm-hmm. uh, or peaches christ uh she heard that the movie theater was gonna possibly go out of business and also like that just these multiplexes were buying up everything and as i yeah. mentioned there are four amcs within walking distance i believe there were only two and then there were two art house theaters and the two art house theaters went out of business and a m c bought them all so Cheers. um i mean and that's like business i guess but i but I think it's it's very much it's they're they're both love stories to uh the collective experience of seeing movies in theaters, but also like seeing weird funky mm-hmm. strange movies with other people who you're like going. You know, you're not going to see the same people who go see Captain America that you're going to see all about evil. Right. You know, it's like you're kind of all, I feel like, in more of a club.
0: Yeah, and you're all, like, getting uncomfortable together. You're all, like, laughing nervously together. And, yeah, and you're like, I don't know what I'm getting myself into. Let's Mm -hmm. just see. In addition to being love letters to art, house, cinema, they are love letters to gore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. it's like they're both like very over the top and kind of campy
0: Definitely campy
1: um, I saw, I was reading a little bit about porno And they talked about how it's like a little Argento-esque mm-hmm. Kind of jalo or jallow, I don't yeah. know like how to say it And arguably so is um, All About Evil
0: Oh yeah, I mean All About Evil I, I feel like there's kind of the question there of like I think personally and anyone can come for me for this opinion. Um, But personally, I think that the line between giallo and, like, campy horror is very thin. Oh, I agree. I also think that maybe the difference is just who's making it. And like, that's not to say one is better than the other. I just wonder like, Dario Argento, uh, a man who is at this point very old and uh, straight and Italian, like, could he have ever made a movie that you would call campy? Hmm. I don't know. Whereas Joshua Grenell comes out and like makes this movie that you might be able to argue is giallo, but the fact that it's got drag queens who are coming and yeah, and yeah, seeing yeah. the movie and Mink stole getting her mouth sewn up, like it's just kind of like it's camp. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty
1: sure Argento has a movie where someone gets their mouth sewn up. I'm pretty sure.
0: Is that an opera?
1: Me? I think it was. Yeah, yeah.
0: That one was pretty brutal. Argento's
1: got some really fun... Uh, very good. Definitely like pre-90s, Yeah. I think. Um, and I think he's coming out with something this year. Yeah. Anyway, his older stuff's super good.
0: Start, yeah, like watch the stuff in the 70s. Yeah. At um, the very least. <laughs>
1: right, right. And I also saw about porno, it being compared to a movie Demons, which... We watched, oh, cause yeah. that, and I thought about that. Yeah. I was like, should we pair it with this? But I felt like that was a little too on the nose. I saw multiple people comparing it with that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we didn't. But um, that's also, not Argento, I don't think, but a giallo movie mm-hmm. um, where people are trapped in a theater mm-hmm. and like, monsters come mm. after you watch... After you watch this movie, then the monster comes after you and you're stuck in the theater and you're trying to get out.
0: That's so funny. Demons is almost too on the nose to pair with either of the movies that we're pairing today.
1: Yeah, just to jump in a little bit more to like uh, compare comparisons, just talking now I realized um, like both movies, uh, the kind of catalyst uh, inciting incident for both movies is... Kind of, in a way, in a project... Or it is in a project, projection room because... Oh, that's um, right. It, what's her name? Deborah? Deborah. Deborah kills her mother. Yep. Um, with a pen. With a pen. <laughs> stabs her with a pen. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> then that ends up accidentally being shown as a pre-show to the movie that mm-hmm. she's supposed to be showing that night. And everybody thinks it's fake and...
0: Everyone thinks it's, like, the greatest short film they've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, the, the main character, other than her, whose name, I can't Mr. remember. Twix? No, no, the, the kid, the guy. Oh, I don't know. The, yeah. The young, the young man. The young male ingenue. Um... He, after the show, is like, he's telling her, like, you invented a new genre of surveillance cinema. Like, oh, yeah. everyone's really gassing her up about what they think is a short film uh, achieved. And, and she accidentally becomes notorious for it. Yeah. But yeah, she just plays it on the projector and she's on hitting accident. buttons. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and in porno, they, they screen this seemingly forbidden, cursed film reel and um and the breasts come out and butts breasts and butts
0: nudity knives bloodshed and
1: then uh and then that's kind of the inciting incident to where everything falls down the rabbit hole and that's when the succubus is released and she starts ripping penises off and exploding (laughs) testicles you you get to see the penises ripped off and the testicles ripped off yeah Uh, it's pretty fun
0: yeah Um, um yeah, it is it is fun and I would say that both of these movies I mean it's part of being a, a campy movie but um the gore is excessive. Um it is not like realistic. You know, they're not no. trying to achieve realism here and so it's kind of laughable. Uh, or or if it feels like too much, you can almost look and be like, I wonder what they used to make it look this gross, yeah. you know? Yeah,
1: it's just like so way over the top. It's ridiculous. Um, also, something I noticed while watching porno last night was um, the movie porno last night uh, <laughs> um, was that uh, towards the beginning of both movies, so um, Natasha Lyonne's character Deborah realizes. Everybody's cast her up for making these scary shorts, and so she decides to make another one. And she starts just kind of arbitrarily picking people out of the audience from her movies, and she just starts killing them, and she gets a a small film crew. Mm -hmm. We're all like these bad, uh, quote, bad people Mm -hmm. to help her. And, uh, People
0: who, like, have historically murdered or yeah. maimed.
1: Yeah. So the first woman she gets, um, they, like, rip her, what is it, a blouse? Yeah. They, like, rip her blouse off. Yeah. Head. And it's just ridiculous. And her boobs, like, fly out. And it's, like, but it also rips off so easily. Yeah. The, the victim's blouse. Yeah. She's running around with her boobs out. Um, but then in uh, porno, this crazy old man runs into the theater, and you find out later that he's the owner of the theater, but he runs into the Christian theater. You find out later he, he was the owner of the porno. The old. Theater, old porno theater. Mm-hmm. Now he's a crazy old drunkard. And he runs in, and they grab his jacket to grab him, and his jacket just flies off. And Then, <laughs> then he's naked, button balls are running out, or flying around, which I just thought was uh, funny that towards the beginning of both movies, like, comically easy, easy popping out
0: to yeah well, no and, underwear. and it, it kind of feels like they're satirizing the uh, fact that in like more serious horror films that same thing happens it's yeah. just not funny right. you know it's, like, well, it's no. like why did her shirt rip so easily why yeah. did where did she buy this dress that it was like every seam popped on one pole uh-huh. you know
1: yeah and there are people, I think it's mostly guys who are watching the short film that Deborah has made, uh, or just all the short films, but you get to see the audience's reaction, yeah. and they're, like, fist-pumping, and it's, like, so stupid, but in the best way. Yeah. And it's, like, what person is, like, I don't know, coming to this movie and like, yeah. fist-pumping that, getting your dress up I mean... I feel like you could mentally fist pump, maybe. They're just like, they're like oh, yeah. Like, yeah,
0: especially not in a in a theater that is has, like, ten people in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neither
1: theater, both theaters are small in both movies, which is another parallel interesting. Mm-hmm. And um But so, something I was thinking about, um, too, was that both movies are directed by men. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, but kind of at the, kind of the most powerful person, and in a way the antagonist of both films are women, hmm. which is interesting because you have that
0: is interesting.
1: Porno. In you have Deborah, who's the protagonist, but also kind of the antagonist. Yeah, she's trying to be stopped. Yeah. Uh, so you have these women in power, um, and then uh, you you have men in both movies who are like trying to kind of solve the problem, but are also being accused of things that they haven't done. Mm,
0: which is, that's interesting. Yeah. That's a cool parallel.
1: Yeah, uh, in both movies, um, they're they're trying to do good. Yeah. And they're being accused of things they have
0: done. It looks like they've done them. But they maybe like,
1: haven't done it to the full extent that yeah. everyone else thinks they have, yeah. or they haven't done it at all.
0: Or the the quote, evidence that they have done something bad is not the whole story. Right. Yes. And doesn't have the implication that like people are putting onto it, right? Yeah.
1: And also in both movies, the people who are like solving the mystery in both movies are high schoolers. Mm-hmm. There's the kind of dumb boys in both, mm-hmm. but then the ones who arguably like kind of solve the problem are women. Huh? Yeah. Also, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, And they definitely, they're all, like, working as a team in both movies. But I I was just, like, very vaguely, it's it's weird that they're both directed by men, set in these small theaters, evil woman, kind of booty-blinded young boys, (laughs) or young men. Uh And then these other girls who are like, I don't know. And then they kind of are the ones who...
0: Figure it out. More Mm. or less figure it out. Save the day. Or
1: at least are in control and are kind of... Because the only woman who's not the succubus in porno is uh, she's the, like, manager on, she's in high school, but she's, like, the one in charge. Yeah. Even though she's not the oldest. Right. um, Because hardcore, whatever his name is.
0: Heavy Metal Jeff. Heavy Metal
1: Jeff. um, He's the oldest. uh, (laughs) He gets his balls blown up
0: exploded exploded excuse me <laughs> um,
1: and yeah and then the like best friend in the other movie she's kind of like judy judy
0: judy and all about evil yeah yeah she's like this is annoying that you think these are good they're not good i'm that right yeah
1: oh and they also talk about which is i think really interesting and they're both, like, surprisingly complex yeah. movies, because...
0: Which makes them successful satires, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. but th- there's that conversation between Judy and the young man in um, All About Evil. I need to know his name. Yeah, sure. Uh, Steven. I- Steven. Um, Steven is the young man's name. We, we now know. Uh, Judy and Steven are talking about the movies, the mm-hmm. short films, because mm-hmm. Steven was like, you have to come see one of these movies yeah. with me, and Judy goes, and uh, there's, like, boobs everywhere, and... <laughs> Uh, It's like exploiting women um, is what Judy is saying and Stephen's like yeah, but it's like directed by a woman and she's kind of making the argument that just because it's directed by a woman doesn't make it
0: uh inherently feminist. Yeah, it doesn't
1: mean it's feminist, which I think is something interesting because it's something I often think about as movies directed by men with like sex scenes or something doesn't make it inherently sexist or anything. And I'm like very much watering down the argument.
0: Right. Just that it's complex. Yeah. (laughs) It was interesting that
1: they kind of brought that Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well and, and I also think that it's interesting because kind of neither of them were right. Stephen right. and Judy, like, neither of them were right about her filmmaking. Yeah, the... because it
1: complex. it's like right, complex. Right,
0: right. But also the films she was making were not really films because she was killing people. Right. They weren't effects. They weren't actors. You yeah. know, like, I mean, she was filming something, so I guess it was a film.
1: They were like snuff films.
0: Yeah, yeah. So neither of their arguments for or against her films were really applicable because I think Stephen even says towards the end, like, you weren't even actually directing When you don't have actors and you don't have effects and you're just like letting something real happen. Yeah,
1: In porno as well, it's like the movie that ends up kind of sending everyone down the rabbit hole is arguably a snuff film as well. It's a hmm. woman being sacrificed, it seems like. And though she seems to be the one in charge and she is the succubus and she is this evil spirit or whatever, yeah. it felt to me like it wasn't it wasn't like a ritualistic filming. It felt like it, they filmed like something sort of a sacrifice Mm -hmm. you know and like someone died like blood was spilt right right um and blood is spilt because
0: it was a curse
1: yeah yeah and blood is spilt and both of the kind of snuffy films interesting yeah that send everything off
0: i loved both of the films within the films
1: oh yeah those are like so good
0: fun like assignment for yourself as a filmmaker to say i'm going to make a film but inside the film there's going to be a short film that the audience of my film is going to get to watch and the short film is stylistically super different than Mm -hmm. the like larger film than that they're watching it was such a great like mixed media form kind of play. Different ways. Yeah, you know, they, they
1: were very different short films within the yeah film. Like in porno, it was there's some really incredible effects. And it, it, it was a pretty so low, cool. I think it was a pretty low budget. Both were pretty low budget movies mm-hmm. uh, in the great scheme of how much money goes into movie making these days. Both pretty low budget. Yeah, the snuff film, the ritual film in porno was like they did some super cool <gasps> effects and it looked really great and, and yeah the short films in the short films that Deborah is making and all about evil so are just cool. like hilarious yeah. and they're shooting with like a uh, cameras that I, I got to shoot on in college which I thought was really funny yeah. the two cameras they have it's like a bolex and a air reflex relatively budget Movies, I guess. Films are expensive. Um,
0: <laughs> but I do think like era is, is part of this, you know. <laughs> I mean, talking about the technology within the film. So in, in All About Evil you see people on like flip phones of of the twenty ten. Right. And so you're very much in the 2010 world, mm-hmm. but the cinema is a film cinema. Yes, it is. And the the old guy, Mr. Twiggs, who runs the projector in All About Evil. Interesting
1: he, there's an old guy. There's yeah, an older, older guy, guy. guy in both movies that runs the projector.
0: Mr. Twiggs is a heavy metal Jeff from the future
1: they're both kind of, yeah i mean they're both kind of weirdly intense characters yeah for the rest yeah of the movie. for
0: sure but mr twigs makes a comment pretty early on that he's been in that projection booth for 40 years mm-hmm. and so i feel like those cameras are his and he's just like been in the cinephile industry for a while and he's he's just got these things you know because film is expensive and like getting one of those cameras now it's not going to be the most practical thing but if he just had one lying around
1: Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: whereas uh, then in, in porno, part of the reason why they said it in 92 was the technology. Right. Uh-huh. Um, was the projector that they had. And... Because
1: they felt like if they said it in present day. There's like hardly any film theaters, Right. even small art house theaters are right. all digital for the most part. I mean,
0: there's also kind of like this reveal, it's it's not a twist, but this reveal about the current owner of the theater. They open up a cabinet and, and there's an, a camera that I think was very 90s, like a,
1: a VHS, VHS
0: camera. Uh, and it had a wire that plugged straight into the TV. Yeah. And also, though, I was thinking, um, if it wasn't in the '90s, that that scene wouldn't have played. You open the cabinet, and it's full of tapes, just full of tapes. Right now, if if there were if there was modern technology, even if he had a little digital camera, it wouldn't be full of tapes. It would, there'd be like one SD card in there. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. It was so, it was more like visually compelling to be like, oh my gosh, look at all this tape that he's recorded,
1: which I think goes along with just like both movies being love letters to physical media, not just cinema, but art house. Strange David Lynchian Mm -hmm. physical film projecting cinemas, yeah, which is fun. And in both scenes, you get to see him like kind of play with the projector, or not play with it, but like turn it on. That's always like I always love when I see that in movies. Yeah, when
0: When they're actually in there pushing buttons. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. yeah, Always fun. Definitely. I did just realize that. So I had mentioned the the surveillance cinema comment. Uh huh. Uh huh. Drew just like his face just his jaw dropped. Um, in porno, there's also someone making surveillance cinema yeah pointing a camera through a wall
1: looking at the in the ladies' restaurant yep
0: a little bit i mean equally actually equally condemning it's just that when the teens in porno saw what they saw they immediately understood the ramifications of this camera surveilling versus mm. in all about evil when she played her surveillance tapes people were like that's not a murder this is a film
1: yeah <laughs> But I think that also just brings up an interesting thought that in porno, they get to see kind of backstage uh, Mm -hmm. like they get to see how the movie is getting made, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Whereas in, you know, like they see the camera pushed up to this hole that backs up to the women's restroom. Right. Whereas in all about evil, the audience is... They're
0: sitting in a theater.
1: Yeah. And so it's like the perfect place to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. They're
0: expecting Yeah. They're expecting...
1: Yeah. It's just like an interesting thing to think about being behind the scenes on a movie set versus, you know, it's much easier to suspend your disbelief when you have no idea about the drama or the gossip or the technical things interesting for both of those Mm
0: -hmm. all right so let's uh let's see are there any comparisons to be made about the endings of these movies in porno we have uh the revelation that the succubus can only be contained if she's attacked by certain tools in her true form and in all about evil Deborah has attempted to essentially commit mass murder Um, (laughs) in her theater with her audience. uh, She was going to make a film about it. I don't know what she was going to do with that. I mean, I don't know what her exit plan was, but that doesn't matter. And then she's kind of like runs up to the roof with a hostage. Is she? She's stabbed. They're both stabbed, right?
1: Who's the, what do you mean they're both stabbed?
0: Devorah and the succubus are both stabbed.
1: Oh, you're right. They're both stabbed. Yeah, both penetrated. <gasps> My UVA uh, professor, William Little, would <laughs> have a field, field day with them both being, you know, there's like, he yeah. would have some article. <laughs> of about, course, a symbolism
0: uh, type yeah. yeah, Professor
1: Little's wonderful. That's how I uh, am able to talk about most of my cinema is through him. But in, I, I think there is something to be said for women in these kind of sexual movies, both being penetrated, not being shot, you know, not oh, being pushed, being stabbed. Yeah. And that's that's uh, part of how they die.
0: It's very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Um, also, like, this is... I don't have the actual statistic, but I know that um, in in, like uh murders uh female murderers go for knives like Hmm. at a far more like a far uh, higher rate than than male murderers and like the i don't know if this is true but the like argument that typically goes with it is that it's it's a more intimate way to kill someone
1: yeah i mean i think then you get into the argument of like Men are arguably stabbing women, or you, you know, like they have penises always penetrating mm-hmm. women. Uh, the straight, the straight man. Right, right, right. Um, whereas women, I think, are often the ones being penetrated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe there's nothing to be said there. I. I oh no,
0: no! I mean, i I think that there's. Yeah. There's always something to be said.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. Very interesting.
1: And also, they're they are both stabbed, but then that's not like. I don't feel like that's their ultimate life. Yeah,
0: that's not the end.
1: Yeah, then because Deborah's pushed right, and the succubus and is like sucked back into the cursed film.
0: To live another day.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. They also kind of make a joke about Natasha Leon maybe being alive at the end. Oh,
0: yeah. She's that not. Was interesting. No, she's I, not.
1: She's not, but they are like, she could be alive. They're like,
0: if this was a movie, <laughs> which it is, love that moment. If this was a movie, Deborah wouldn't even actually be dead right now.
1: And then they look over, and she's still dead.
0: Yeah, but um, while I don't think either of these movies need sequels, it kind of does the thing where it says like the cycle repeats, you know, or or the cycle could repeat. Yeah, like a song fading out instead of ending. Uh huh. It goes on forever.
1: Yeah, both movies. I mean, we already touched on it, but they both have like fun death scenes. I mean, when the the twins stab each other oh to death. Oh my gosh! So hilarious. Good and when the like the current theater owner is like being fucked up the ass as it were and oh, then yeah, has his penis yeah. ripped off That's right. Uh and then he just dies. Yep. and is dragged around the theater for yeah, some reason by the succubus. Yeah, that was so funny.
0: It was so great to like learn something despicable about that man, hate him, like grow to hate him so much in such a short amount of time and then watch him just like get his dick ripped off. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh i imagine pornos a more painful movie to watch for people with penises um, yeah because for me i was like ew but um i i could imagine it being physically cringe cringy yeah
1: and i i felt like watching it it wasn't i don't know it wasn't physically painful for me it it was it was also. i think it i think it was just still so comical mm-hmm. and like the quickness that she ripped the penis off, and the quickness that the sure. guy's nuts exploded—like oh yeah. there was nothing. Like I feel like if they had like stretched that out, it might have been more painful. But that's also just me. But yes, I'm sure. I—it's probably one of the more painful penis hurting movies.
0: <laughs> penis hurting movies—a yeah. uh, subgenre yeah. of cinema.
1: Both of the the women in in charge, Deborah and the succubus, are both like kind of become pretty highly sexualized. You mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. The succubus is always like an inch from being naked. And Deborah, like as she comes into herself and gains confidence, it would seem she starts wearing.
0: She really turns into like a old Hollywood, like glamour diva yeah. type. Uh-huh. I saw the the list of, of figures who yeah. hypothetically influenced Natasha Leon's performance. Right. Included Mae West and, and other like old Hollywood icons. And I think
1: you definitely see that oh yeah come through oh
0: yeah definitely i mean and and she almost seems out of place because of it Mm -hmm. like she's not even real yeah in a way repression plays a role in both movies because in porno obviously the four teens and the projectionist are repressed in a very common christian way where they're having thoughts, they might have proclivities or desires that have been labeled unnatural or sinful, but are like very normal yeah. um, and very okay. And they have been shamed into repressing all of those things. Yeah. And those things then turn into, I would say like weaknesses in in the movie like tangible weaknesses but also just they don't help the problem right yeah and then in all about evil deborah has kind of repressed this i don't know if she even wanted to be a star as a kid like that was a little bit unclear she seemed very like pressured out onto stage but she kind of like Repressed her personality. I almost feel like sure. Yeah, yeah. you know And maybe even hatred for her mother like yeah. she she put a lot down to become the boring librarian Deb uh, that we meet at first in her adult life mm-hmm. and then when she allows one of those things the hatred of her mom to come out and like something to happen about it it seems like she's just like not repressing anything anymore she's like i can kill people i can be a sex symbol i can act like a dick and smoke in somebody's newsroom like
1: yeah (laughs) i forgot about that
0: yeah i don't know i just I, i feel like both of them touch a little bit on like what what gets bottled up and what damage does that do
1: right right that's interesting one other thing uh they they both very much like in in the in the way that the films are made but also just like you get to see some like old pulpy movie posters oh, in yes. both movies. I think in porno, the one that they mention is like, it's like a woman with her boobs out and she's holding like a uh, a pool stick and it's titled 10 foot pole, 10 foot hole.
0: I think it's about, a, I think it's a golf pun. Because there was like a golf flat or a golf pole. Uh, oh, maybe uh, she was holding a,
1: oh, I thought it was what's like a What's this pool. thing? A putter? A club? driver? Oh golf yeah. Golf club. A golf club. Right.
0: Yeah, I think there was like a golf club on the poster behind her.
1: But yeah, and then. But in the,
0: still, yeah, hilarious. And
1: then in the other one, um, what are they? They're, instead of Macbeth, there's MacDeath.
0: MacDeath.
1: And maiming of the shrew. Maiming of
0: the shrew. A tale of two severed titties. That one was funny. <laughs> Gore and peace.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. There's a bunch, and so good. It's just always fun to see that kind of old artwork that it's just very different yeah movie posters than you see today
0: right and there are very few people who are still doing that style working in that style and both
1: both movie posters for the movies are done in uh that style Mm -hmm. for all about evil and porno Mm -hmm. um which is fun
0: going back to the art house cinema the small indie cinema being at the heart of it um when we saw all about evil like drew said uh peaches christ was there to introduce and uh do a Q&A after uh, after the showing and in her introduction she kind of left us with this movie asks the question what extent should we go to to save small independent art house cinemas Mm -hmm. and the answer is murder.
1: (laughs) We think uh, an alternative to uh, murdering for independent cinema is buying a movie ticket.
0: (laughs) I agree with that. But, but also, you know, the attitude of that statement is correct. Don't murder anybody.
1: Go to the movies. Don't murder people. Just thinking about movie prices, like movies are obviously expensive, no matter where you go to the theater, but there are some smaller theaters tend to be a little cheaper because they know they can't, they know they're not giving you the like stadium seating, the reclining heated seats, (laughs) you know, it's not in Dolby Atmos Mm -hmm. and IMAX, but also like a ticket for Dolby Atmos or IMAX is like close to $30
0: for one one person person. and
1: that's not concessions whereas like smaller theaters are will often still times be $10. $10. Mm-hmm. So even if you really are want to see Dolby Atmos or IMAX, which I totally understand and can relate to maybe every once in a while, if you have a small local theater, try to go there. You know, um, there's this really great theater in Richmond are probably our two favorite theaters in Richmond, Virginia. One is movie land, which is like kind of a multiplex, but it's a pretty small mm-hmm. renegade kind of thing. And they play, uh, all the artsy world, international films and they were a five-minute walk from where we lived in Virginia which was such a delight but then there was also this other theater on Cary Street in Richmond called the Bird Theater oh my god um and they played they they rarely had movies they usually got them like after they'd had their initial release Mm -hmm. but or they're playing old stuff or they're playing old stuff which is just you know it's always fun to so rarely do we get to see like an old movie in a theater such
0: a beautiful theater and actually it really the victoria and all about evil really made me feel yeah like
1: very similar
0: like i missed the bird you know uh just with the the balcony upstairs and the the ornate fixtures Mm -hmm. and the placement of the concession stand and um anyways if you're passing through richmond virginia try to make it to the bird it's a treat there's uh, an old guy who plays the oh yeah
1: piano comes out of the stage yeah. and or an he, organ it's something it? I think it's something funky I, I think don't know it's something funky
0: too I think it's one of the like the ones that has like a weird weird name, name. Yeah. like like xylophone but it's like a. it's like
1: one of the I feel like it's also like one of the few in the world like, yeah. or you know it's but anyway he gets sucked up out of the stage
0: <laughs> he like rises from the beneath yeah and he and plays... plays a song to introduce you to the film
1: and then he gets sucked back down and he goes, Whoa! and he
0: just disappears. I mean, and they, says, they put him back into cryo sleep until the next time they need him. Ruh-roh, Scrooby! <laughs> when I was growing up, there was a, a really cool two-screen historical theater that I went to all the time for movies, um, but also like live comedy shows. And, Is
1: this in downtown Lee's yeah yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Tally-ho. They would have like $2 Tuesdays where tickets were literally $2, and they'd have double features and it was so awesome and when I was uh, at the end of my high school years and I took my SAT I like literally got out of my SAT which is like a six hour eight hour test whatever like whatever that window was I got out of this grueling so long standardized test for literally the future of my college education and I got in my mom's car she was like you know, how to go, whatever. And once we get th- got through all of that, she was like, I I just, I have to tell you, Tally Ho is closing. I know, and it was so heartbreaking. It was like that day, and uh, that was just like the worst news ever. I was like, is there anything that can be done? It was one of those things where they were faced with the reality that converting to digital was going to be way too expensive, but no new films were going to be, or like very few new films were yeah. going to be distributed on film projectors and by the time obviously by the time i found out it was like there was nothing else to be done it was closing um it's been converted into a music venue it's a cool music venue but i do feel you know proud sad bittersweet about the years i got to spend with the tally host cinema if your local cinema is still around fight tooth and nail summon a succubus do whatever it takes to keep it around Thanks for watching these parallel pictures with us.
1: Want to be in the know about the next lineup? Follow us on social media at Split Prism Productions.
0: If you have any epiphanies about this week's double feature, we'd love to hear from you.
1: Please rate and subscribe to the show so that we can reach more people with our pairings.
0: This episode was produced and edited by Split Prism Productions.